Well, good morning. It's good to see all of you and to be with all of you. Uh, today is uh, that kind of that wondrous combination platter. And as Kathy already introduced it to us, I'm not talking about maybe the platter you had at Thanksgiving. Well, that was probably pretty delectable if you had one. Uh, but I'm really speaking of the combination platter that we move from a season of gratefulness, uh, maybe not so much uh, found within uh, our calendar, but into a season of Advent. We, we have this wonderful opportunity of preparation to the celebration of the birth of the Savior of the world. In fact, in fact, what we've already said and what will be said over and over again, these days leading up to Christmas, the celebration of Jesus' birth, is called by the church often Advent. As the days with sunlight uh, get shorter, we get to celebrate the light of the world. Uh, illuminates the darkness. Yet these days not only hold the anticipation uh, of Jesus' birth, right? For those of us who are followers, they also hold with us the anticipation of his second coming. In fact, that's where Advent sometimes rests with us. We have this longing hope as we were directed this morning towards not just his birth, but what is yet to come. This season, we'll be taking a look at the roots of our faith. If you're a guest this morning, uh, or this is all new to you, I welcome you. I welcome you to take time to consider uh, simply Christmas itself. Uh, Look at the reason why we celebrate or why Christmas came about. Uh, Look at the Bible, uh, consider Christ, Lean in as we walk through this series and as you walk through this season. So taking a look at the roots of the family line of Jesus and how our roots intersect with his, that's what we'll be on for the next few weeks. In fact, that's often what happens during Advent. We take a look at how we and he intersect. Uh, he, you know, Jesus had a people, he had a place, and he had a story. Today, we will introduce in this message series our own spiritual root system. In fact, what Paul and Cindy have already read to us from Isaiah 11 through 3 is is part of that root system. But then, as was already shared, and I want to reemphasize, we will have the wonderful song and skit next week by our kids' zone who are going to sing uh, the genealogy. If you want to... A genealogy of Jesus, if you want to memorize the genealogy, and you're thinking, why would I want to do that? There are multiple reasons to do that, some really deep, beneficial, spiritual reasons to do that that we'll walk through over the next few weeks, but you'll want to be here to take that in. Not only that, you won't want to miss our Christmas meal either. So be here next week as we move into this. Dan Wilt writes this, in his Advent uh, devotional. We all come from someone, somewhere, and something. A people, a place, and a story. We come from someone in our family line. Parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and so many others from the extensions of our root system from which we all, from which we descend. We come from somewhere in that people are always physically located. 
We live in times and places unique to and unique to us. And even as we move from place to place, we carry bits of our precious location with us and our hearts and memories, don't we? We we come from something and that we come from a story that is uniquely and remarkably our own. While that story is also uniquely tied to our family line throughout history and is ultimately, this is where we intersect, is ultimately tied to God's great love story with humanity. It's a beautiful thing. Jesus comes to us in this season, right? He has, a, he has his own, if you will, root system, his own family line, his own homeland, his own heritage. And we are a part of that. We can trace this all the way back to Abraham and to the line of King David and, as has already been spoken, to Jesse, his father. As a reminder to us, Isaiah 11, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding and the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Right? We, our ancestry is from, from, if you will, in this spot, in this location, this lineage, this genealogy comes from a, a stump. There's, there's, a, there's a sprout from this stump. These prophetic words of Isaiah point to Jesus' connection to Jesse. These connections for the Hebrew people were so, so important. As they not only tell them their past, but they also inform them of their future and not just their present. Jesus had a family line that could be traced back to ancient times, but he also had a family homeland. This little strip of land we often hear about in the news, that we often read about, is Israel. This ground that Jesus walked on yielded fruits and foods he enjoyed and hosted, and it hosted the towns and cities that dot the landscape of the Gospels of the New Testament that we find ourselves weaving through, whether in these days or all days throughout the year. Many of us, in fact, have this wondrous kind of compelling draw to travel to Israel, to walk the very streets, to walk the very land, to to be on the very places that Jesus lived and did his miracles, and he even died and was rose. Now, Jesus not only had a family line and a family homeland, but he also had a family story, a covenant heritage that brought together all the hopes and dreams of his people, Israel into one faith-bound narrative and a guiding set of eternal truths. One need only to read through a few stories of the scriptures to see that see the, his people, the people of the covenant, are passionate, fallible, incredibly devoted, quick to tears, quick to laughter, hopeful yet capable of great despair. Trusting, yet capable of great disobedience. Worshipful, yet capable of great idolatry. Do you find yourself? Do you find yourself interwoven in the story even of Jesus' own people? See, Jesus carried these stories of his people. His place and his story in his own heart. 
his life and ministry were absolutely fundamentally built on a long, long story of humanity going back to Genesis. You see, Jesus has a family story. And this family story is is found and often a great place to explore it is found in and around Advent. So we ask this question, how does the family story of Jesus intersect with our own? Well, Advent is one of those places. Advent is one of those places of which we find, uh, find this intersection. In fact, as followers of Jesus, we're called and compelled to not live a narrative, a calendar narrative around our own world, space, and place. We are actually invited by Scripture to consider the calendar of which Jesus himself uh, kind of, well, he modeled himself and placed himself around uh, because it was his world. It was his place. It's the center of who he is. And we choose as followers of Jesus to order our time around the life of Christ. Why? Because he's the one who is transforming, not transformed, but is transforming our lives as we pray for heaven to come to earth, as we live to love God, love all people, and follow Jesus together. He is in the process of changing us. And so Advent is one of those wonderful rhythms that we can find ourselves into. Let me ask you, how many of you use a, a digital calendar? Uh, of some sort. Outlook, Google. Yeah, many of us use that. Have you, ever, have you ever gone into those and found that they're kind of organized for five days of the week? I mean, they, they want you to start on Monday and end on Friday, right? The calendar in which our world calls us into, and this is my point, is not one organized, organized around Jesus and his way and rhythms and even his calendar, but it's organized around the world in which we live. And so Christmas, Advent and Christmas are those days which kind of call us out and say, are you, will you join me in this journey to reorient yourself around Jesus? His, not only his birth, but the preparation for it, just as they did. They did. His own people, prior to his coming and even afterward. Uh, we have a few illustrations of how we can get into it and step into it. One of them is right here, is the Advent candle. It reminds us if we put one in the center of our table or we just come on Sundays that the calendar works and lives according to not our, our calendar of work and our rhythms that we kind of co-opt, but it actually works around Jesus, his timing, his place, his way of rhythms. So we have that. Sometimes people use the Jesse tree of which uh, kind of this series is kind of loosely based on. The idea of the roots and uh, the idea from the stump of Jesse himself. Some of us even have an advent calendar and it's done a multitude of different ways. But where we walk through these, these days preceding the birth of Christ and we anticipate you can't see it in this picture. It's just the way it is. But there's a little kid that's just reaching to turn. Now, maybe you have some of those in your house, little kids, that is. Right? You, and they're, they're reaching. Like, so you, put, you have your tree up and you put your, your, your ornaments or you put the safe ones at the bottom because they're just, they just have this incredible anticipation 
and eager, <laughs> eager energy, right? Not to destroy. I know that sound, it may not seem that way. But they just want to be involved. Now think about that. God wants us in the same way. He wants us to anticipate the days of, of these days. In all days, I would say. But these days help to reorient us. We, we, we take on this mode of living because it helps us to, to follow Jesus, to follow into his rhythms. This may be, may be uh, not a new revelation to you. But because and as we're followers of Jesus and we live into a calendar and into a way of life, practicing the way of Jesus, that we have more in common with somebody in the middle of Africa who follows Jesus than we do with our neighbors who do not follow Jesus. We have more in common with somebody in the middle of Indonesia who yep, may do some things a little different, but they follow Jesus. We have more in common with them because our hearts have been changed and transformed. Our calendar collide in those places. In fact, all over the world. I think it's an incredible thing when we walk into these days that we, we, we consider seriously uh, pausing from maybe our regular rhythms and adopting rhythms of Jesus during these days. The calendar being one of those, the advent anticipation. This biblical heritage and lineage is incredible. Uh, in, I, in considering all of this, I thought of those last words in Malachi. May, maybe you're not familiar with them, but let me refresh you uh, with what they say. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before a great and dreadful day the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Now, these are the last words that are kind of, if you will, breathed out in our Old Testament. Uh, what you may not remember is there was these days of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. These days of, uh, that many would say, God didn't speak. But can I tell you, in those days that they, they did not hear from God, or they didn't think they were hearing from God, but he was always working that they were continually preparing. They were still in the preparation of anticipation of the Messiah to come the first time around. And we know this, right? We have John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, who uh, is born uh, just a little bit before Jesus, and he sets up his tent, if you will, in the desert uh, with the Essenes in the Qumran uh, area of the desert. And he sets it up there with what? With this total mindset, the anticipation of the coming of the Messiah. There were pockets of people all around. So you have these last words like, hey, there's, I'll send a prophet, uh, the prophet Elijah. Well, one like Elijah. And it becomes Jesus. Their calendars, their lifestyle, their way of living urges us to consider preparation. To prepare. Advent. He's coming. He's coming. Even the New Testament, beyond Jesus' resurrection and ascension, urge every believer to keep our minds and our hearts in anticipation and preparation. These weren't 
somber days. They, they, like ours, like the one we just went through for many of us, were days of holidays of, of families, of festivities, of anticipation, of realigning. But they were gathering around and aligning us. And we in the church have the same opportunity to remind ourselves of Christ's coming and Christ has come. So how does the, let's ask another question, how does the family story of Jesus intersect with our own? Well, it intersects with the family story of Jesus himself. I mean, it's, it's Jesus himself, right? We all come, like we said, from someone, somewhere, or something. And to put it in another way, we have a people, a place, and a story. And I'm re-emphasizing so you grab this because you all have it. In the case of Jesus, who is our Lord and Master and Messiah, he comes to us from a people of Israel. And he comes from a place and a terrain. In the first century towns of Palestine. And he comes out of a covenant story to save his people in relationship. He is the Messiah, the, the, the one who is to come and he's sent, if you will, from, from Yahweh, the one who desires to send him and he comes willingly. We too come from a people, an extended family line, a place and hometowns and homelands, a story maybe we haven't moved too far, but maybe some of us have moved a far away. We too have a story in that. Our community, our connectedness to that, and God's pursuit of us is in that. We intersect. Here's Here's my grandfather and my great-grandmother. Their storyline, their story and their place and their heritage are are not around here, Uh, at least my great-grandmother's. My great-grandmother was uh, from, uh, we think, from the uh, northern part of Germany, right? So my story doesn't start here. It started somewhere else. It starts with, Uh, a woman who was beaten by her husband because he was a drunk and got a divorce when my grandfather was 18 years old. My grandfather uh, started, they bought a a farm and they started a business out of that. It's a story. It's a place. It's a location. Stuff that, like you, I carry with me. It's a part of my bloodline. When I went to, when I met with my mom who was a, uh, not feeling so well over Thanksgiving, but we met with her the next day. She, she pulled out a, a genealogy. Anybody have a, somebody in their family who likes to pull out genealogies? Well, her brother's one of those. And so uh, she pulled it out, and it, has to, it happens to be the other side of the family line. The, the Hawkins Cook, it's kind of funny. It says Hawkins Dash Cook Book, but it's really not a cook book. <clears throat> it's really funny. We all have this. This is all part of us. Advent is where you could begin to look for Jesus at work in your own family line. In your own story, in your place, in your own location. How he brought you to where you are. And the reason I brought up about my grand, grandmother and my great-grandfather my great and their, uh, their divorce is this. 
Take a look at Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at it on the screen. In verses 5 and 6, this is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Solomon was, Solomon was the father of Boaz, who was the mother of Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. Now, these are just names on a page, right? No, they're more than names on a page. There are people with an interesting storyline. Uh, the, Solomon, the father of Boaz, and who we know that marriage was uh, not, of, uh, not a straight line, right? Uh, and you can read that. Uh, then you have Rahab that's in this story. I mean, it's just an incredible storyline of some that you would kind of come to expect would be in Jesus' lineage, and then some of those uh, left and right turns that you don't want to take in a bad neighborhood. And those are in his story, too. See, his, his family line was, while it was God-given, divine, it was human and human line. And so in these days, when we want to make the the stable, clean, and pretty, allow us to be reminded that Jesus' stable was not clean and pretty, not even on that night, nor was it leaning up in his family line. So the family story of Jesus has many turns and twists. The roots of Jesus, uh, how does the family story of Jesus intersect with our own? It's just simply the roots of Jesus. Uh, this idea that a, sh- a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots, a branch will bear fruit. In fact, that person, that person is the flesh and blood descendant of Jesse, the King David that we often read about and herald and um, think uh, well of, while he himself had a pretty uh, crooked uh, lineage inside. But this is the incredible thing. Out of all of that, It says in Isaiah 11, back to it again, that the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Isaiah is pointing to the future. He's saying out of this, yes, out of this line will come the Messiah. The beginning of Matthew, we know uh, the the disciple, or Matthew, begins with this short, if you will, Genesis, the beginning of the birth story of Jesus. The Bible wants to convey that God has entered our world through a family line. The very humanity that sometimes we struggle with, even in our prayer time before for the service, we recognize that it's, it is not always easy. And Jesus, along with many, if not all, in his lineage, understood that. But that Jesus coming from Yeshua, that the Lord saves us. Emmanuel, that God is with us. He desired to do that. All from this. All from this. I mean, think about the beginning. Uh, This idea of Jesus, or that uh, God makes the world, and he puts it into order, and he puts Adam and Eve into the garden, But they, wanting to have their own autonomy, usurp what God desires. 
And in Genesis 3, 8 and 9, it says this, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden of the cool of day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Uh, just think about that. He's calling out, Where are you? Now, we know that he is calling to Adam and Eve in the moment, but that echoes throughout time to this very place. And Jesus is the one who answers that question. And he says, here I am. When he arrives, he is the answer to that question, where are you? And becomes the response or the the message, the cure to what has just transpired. It is incredible. That is an incredible root system that we are part of, that he has allowed us to be in. So as we begin this, uh, this work in this amazing story of Jesus, I want to ask you a few questions because I want, I want it not just to be observing him, but he wants you to observe him. First and foremost, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You shall have no other gods before him. We know that. But I want you to consider how he has been and is working in your own story. I want you to consider, how is it possible? Where is this going? How, where does he want to take you? Because he is at work, just as he always was at work before. So, a few questions, but one reminder before we get there. One reminder, God is God with us. God with us, Emmanuel. We cannot forget this, that he is always with us. He was always with Israel, and he will always be with us. This, this is what we discover in Jesus, that while he has a people and a place and a story, he was with them as he will be with us. Isaiah seven fourteen and Matthew one twenty three say this, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will be with you. So while he had a people, a place, and a story, we too have a people and a place and a story. And Advent and Christmas, again, are those wonderful days where we're reminded he came to be with us, to pitch his tent with us, as John 1 tells us, to intersect our story, our place, and our people. So let me ask you a few questions before we transition into communion. Where can you recognize God guiding and leading you leading in your story today where can you recognize god guiding and leading in your story it may very well be in those places that you want to abandon i mean you literally they're painful but god you realize when you look deeply that god's line was working through and it may be in the good and joyous things but where do you recognize god working in your story. Uh, what are some of, the God, uh, some of God's gifts that have come through your family line? Uh, what are they? What, what has God, God given to you? What has God deposited to you that is a, a true gift from you? They could be in the struggles of life. They could be natural appearance. Uh, even this weekend, uh, you know, my mom flips open this genealogy book, and there's a, there's a picture of my grandfather. And she, 
she leans over, I think, to my, one of my, uh, my daughter and said, he looks like his grandpa. <laughs> I do. I have similar stature, similar face, similar, those things. I, I do. And it may be those things too. But let me ask you this. Because as you may remember or you may know because you're experiencing, sometimes these are the dark days of winter. Uh, These are the dark days. Literally, the days are getting shorter in terms of sunlight. And they're the dark days of winter leading up to the light that exposes the darkness. So where where would you like God to intersect with you in your story today? Where, where, where are you having a struggle? Where is it that you want to see transformation, change, renewal? Write it down. Pray about it. In fact, I would say that that's your, your response, is to pray, is to open your hands, and you may have to do it literally and say, Lord, you need to take this. Because while we sing of joy and peace and good news at Advent and Christmas, it may not be. And lastly, if God's willing to intersect with your story, who else is he willing to intersect with? Uh, Where else is he willing to pitch it? Where else do you want him to pitch his tent with? Who would you like God to intersect with his love like he's intersected with you? That he's placed it in your heart, in your life, that you want to live for him. Uh, So these four questions, where can you recognize God guiding and leading in your story? Where do you see it? Uh, Praise him for it, thank him for it. Uh, What are some of God's gifts that have come through your family line? Yep, some of those things that you're like, man, I do look like my dad, (laughs) right? Good or bad, yeah? Where would you like God to intersect with you, with you in your story? And who would you like God to intersect with his love this Advent and Christmas season? Let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, I thank you. I, I, I thank you that you are looking out for us, as Scripture says, before we were ever looking for you. And you knew uh, that looking out for us was... Uh, not just, um, uh, you know, kind of giving us a pat on the back. You knew that we needed redeeming. We needed transformation. We needed a, a Messiah, a Savior. Yeshua, the one who saves to come and rescue us from the darkness. And allow us to walk into the marvelous light. So thank you. We are deeply grateful to you. I ask, Father, right now, that as we muse on these questions and maybe one stuck out for uh, each one of my family members and friends this morning, that, Father, you would lead them on a path to a deeper discovery, not only of their own family line, but how, Father, you desire to love on them and lead them into, into a an abundant life for you. If you're here this morning and you have not said yes to Jesus and you, you realize that in this season, this is the time to say yes to Jesus, 
I invite you simply just to pray this prayer or for you, those of you who are uh, desiring to kind of reassert and reaffirm uh, Jesus as your Messiah, pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy, grace, and love found in and through Jesus, our Messiah. Father, I ask you to save me and forgive me for my sins. I give you my life and choose to follow love and live for you. Father, reveal to me what I cannot see. Help me to live for you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to follow in Jesus' name. Father, we are grateful. We're grateful this morning. We're grateful that, that your son not only came as a baby, born to two unsuspecting parents. We're grateful even more, though, that your son, our Savior, took the walk and the journey, filled in the story for us to die on the cross, to, to allow us to live into a life that is empowered by your spirit, free from sin, and clear of conscience. Lord, we desire to know you more. So thank you for that. In these next few moments, Lord, as we walk through uh, these words that lead us into communion with you and amongst one another. Lord, would you speak into our hearts. Allow us to be surrendering on this front end of Advent, we pray in Jesus' name.